This episode is supported by Athletic Greens. I added AG1 to a smoothie today with almond milk and banana and peanut butter, and it was delicious. And I also love knowing that I got a range of vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more sourced from Whole Foods. Plus, AG1 is designed to promote daytime alertness and sleep quality. Athletic Greens founder struggled with lots of gut health issues, and he created AG1 to help folks invite more wellness without having to take a ton of supplements. To make things easy, Athletic Greens is offering you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Just visit athleticgreens.com slash girlboner. I also love that for every purchase they donate to organizations that get nutritious food to kids in need. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash girlboner to quote, take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. I tried it. It was like a one-time thing. I'm like, okay, I tried it so I can say I did it. I don't particularly need to do it again type of thing. The one thing I like about sex is you get to try different things to figure out what your thing is. Ashley Cobb has described herself as your favorite friend in filth which is a far cry from the kind of friend she was in her youth. Partly, she said, because she grew up in a traditionally religious household. So I really didn't discover sex and pleasure and all those things till I was an adult. Even though growing up, I would sneak and watch Real Sex on HBO, and I was always curious. Real Sex is a sexually explicit documentary series from the 1990s. Episodes featured things like Betty Dodson's female masturbation workshop, a husband and wife stripping couple, and the making of realistic sex toys inspired by, quote, porn stars parts. I'm sure you can guess which parts. Ashley hid away to watch this docuseries, but she didn't discuss it with her friends. I wasn't one of those people who... You know, always talking about sex growing up, the person answering their friends' questions, that wasn't me. It was quite opposite. Ashley now spends a lot of time doing just that, fielding sex questions from not only friends, but her many followers on social media. That shift from not talking about sex to talking a lot about sex started, she said, when she turned 30. I was on this journey of kind of like self-discovery and curiosity. So I was like, all right, let me see what this is about. Before that, she was just, quote, going through the motions as far as sex goes. And when her 30th birthday rolled around, she really thought about that. I was like, I have things I want to try. So let me start living my life and doing them. So that's kind of what happened. 
Since then, Ashley's sex life and career path have completely changed. Today, her website, Sex with Ashley, shows an image of her smiling and clutching a vibrator that looks like a microphone, one you'll hear about here shortly. Text beside that photo reads, I'm Ashley, the millennial microphone for Black women seeking ultimate pleasure and sexual liberation. She's also a sex columnist, media personality, and HIV activist, known for giving practical, no-nonsense sex advice, which is exactly why I reached out to her. We haven't fielded listener questions here in a while, so I asked Ashley to join me to explore a few. First one is about toys, and the listener wrote this. I tried a vibrator once and didn't like it at all. The vibration was way too much, I think, and just felt strange. I like the sensation of being filled up and would like more options than just my hand or partner. Do you have any suggestions for other toys? I do. So what I have found is for people who think vibrators are a bit too much, they should try like the suction toys. Ashley recommended one that uses suction and pulsations instead of vibration, like a womanizer or satisfier toy. With the suction toys, it's like an air suction, so it sucks the airflow. It pulsates over the opening, so it creates like a vacuum over the clitoris. The air kind of like moves around. So suction toys tend to work good. And the Womanizer Inside Out toy can fill a vulva owner up at the same time. In addition to that suction part for the clit, it has this longer, smooth part that you can use for G-spot bliss. The toy has a shape that's similar to those rabbit-style vibrators, which Ashley also recommends with a caveat. If you're looking for something that fills you up. There's a lot of rabbits that do that job. However, all rabbits are not created equal. What I have found is a lot of rabbits are not anatomically correct, meaning if you're using the insertion parts that vibrate little rabbit ears, typically it's not going to be in the location that you need it to be to use it at the same time. I found like one or two rabbits that actually you can use simultaneously, but most of them, if you're using the the dildo part, the rabbit part's going to be probably near your belly button or something. It's not going to be on the clitoris. I often wonder, you know, because the the rabbit's been around, it got popular with Sex and the City, what, 94, 95? Uh And I wondered all these years why some people have not tried to change it. It's still the same the same shape, but yeah. Yeah. And you're so right. And we all have such different anatomy, like where certain parts are, right? So you might get a rabbit that reaches your belly button and then you try another one and maybe it gets to the right spot, but it's easy to think that, oh, it's supposed to work because how Mm -hmm. do we know, right? If we've not experienced it. Right. Sex toys, people think, oh, I tried just one. It didn't work. She said that finding your ideal sex toy is kind of like trying to find your perfect shoe. You have to try a few until you get the one that looks best on you. You have to keep trying sex toy until you find one that works. 
She is so right about that. I also recommend non-vibrating dildos if you like that sensation of being filled up without the buzz. I chose the next question to discuss with Ashley because she recently wrote about her own experience with it in an article called, Here's Why You Like Being Choked During Sex. Here's the question. My girlfriend wants me to choke her during sex, and I'm having trouble feeling comfortable with that. I want her to feel good and do what she enjoys and feel simultaneously torn. I grew up around a lot of violence, so maybe that's part of it. I know that this is different. I don't know. Maybe I need to understand it better. I think this probably is a common curiosity for folks who have never experienced choking or maybe they're not interested in it. The desire, first of all, why do people enjoy choking during sex? Some people like, it's an adrenaline rush, right? Endorphins flow when you go from restricted breathing to normal airflow. Some people also like the hint of perceived danger or feeling dominated in that way. You might also get turned on because choking feels taboo. There's like this naughtiness to it. Careful breath play is even considered a mindfulness practice for some folks. But you need to be extremely careful. Choking during sex should never cause suffering or harm. I can't stress that enough. Improper choking techniques can lead to serious issues like brain damage or even death. So safety is as important as clear, enthusiastic consent. Now, I tried it. It was like a one-time thing. I'm like, okay, I tried it so I can say I did it. I don't particularly need to do it again type of thing. It wasn't my thing. But the one of the things I like about sex is you get to try different things to figure out what your thing is, right? You don't really know what your thing is if you don't try different things. I have friends who love it, right? Who love, who love it. It just helps them to have greater orgasms. It just creates all of this orgasm energy. If you are curious about choking and you want to safely try it during sex, Ashley suggested this. Communicate with your partner. Um, make sure you guys have, I was going to say a, a safe word, but if you're choking someone, they might not be able to talk. So like a, a safe hand signal, you want to go right into like alongside their collarbone here with like a U type of shape between your thumb and your pointer finger and press that alongside of their bottom of their chin. You don't want to do their voice box because uh, you can damage that and we don't want to do that. When you're choosing your safe signals, she said, make sure that you're clear about gestures for more pressure, less pressure, and stop. You can also look for videos online. Just make sure they're from a qualified educator versus watching a porn scene. There's also YouTube videos on how to choke properly. So you can kind of see it. Some people sometimes have classes that might be a little hard to find than using the internet. But what if you're like that listener who wrote in and you're in a relationship where only one partner wants to try it? When I was thinking about this person's discomfort with doing the actual choking, first of all, I respect if this person is having some sort of trauma activation around it. I think seeking professional support around that is important. But sometimes it's just our partner 
our partners, they're just like not as interested in a certain thing. And that's okay. So do you recommend taking turns? Maybe there's something with a pillow, you know, just like gently in one area, adding some pressure, or maybe the girlfriend chokes herself a little bit. Yeah. Ways to step in. What do you think about that? I think that's actually a good idea. I don't recommend people do things they don't feel comfortable doing. Everything that's done um, in the bedroom, both people should feel safe and it's something they both should want to try. But let's say you try choking and it's just not your thing, right? But it's her thing. There's other ways that she can still get that need met. There's sex workers like doms and people who you can hire to, you know, get your little choking fantasy out and then go home. So there's other ways you can do it if you're open to it. Two years ago, Ashley hired a dom as a birthday gift to herself. In her Exo Nicole article, she wrote, Choking had been something I wanted to try for years, but was apprehensive about it because I didn't want to die. Side note, valid. She went on, The sex expert in me knows that when done properly, choking can be both enjoyable and safe, but the human in me computes choking with harm. Again, I get that. Plus, if she was being honest, Ashley wrote, she did not trust any of her past partners enough to try it. What if they get overzealous and kill me by mistake, she wrote. Death by choking, by way of sex, was not going to be the reason she checked out of here. Thankfully, Ashley's experience with a pro worked out really well. It was a very positive experience. I rented a hotel because they didn't come to my house. We were at the same hotel, but he had different rooms. So when I went to his room, he had like all of the props and things for the session out. We sat down, we talked, like a normal conversation, kind of like, let's get comfortable, you know? Asked me things about my life and talked about his life and how he got into the business and stuff like that. Then he kind of went over the different things he had. But if it's something I didn't want to do, it was like, ah, I don't, I'm gonna pass on that. And so he didn't bring that out. And I like that. People feel like even though you hire a dom, that you're not in control and you are, right? You control everything that happens to you. Everything that's going on, you are still in control. I liked that. And whenever we got to the part where he was choking, it, he just didn't grab my neck, right? He let me know, okay, is it okay if I put my hand around your neck? And I gave him permission. Is it okay if I squeeze tighter? And then if, if I wasn't like, okay, squeeze lighter, yes, stuff like that. I was totally in control of the whole situation, and that made it that much better. Ah, oh, I love hearing that. It's beautiful. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp, and some related words from me. We talk a lot here about shame and the healing and growth that can happen when we give that shame light by talking about it. Therapy is hands down one of my favorite ways to do that. There's something so powerful about having a professional who isn't connected to your life help you sort through your challenges or even just hold space and help you feel less alone. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, 
Consider BetterHelp. It's more affordable than conventional therapy and entirely online. After completing a survey, you'll get matched with a therapist to connect to. And I love that you can request someone who specializes in LGBTQ plus therapy or a Christian therapist or a non-religious therapist. You also get matched up quickly, way faster than I've ever experienced when trying to find an in-person therapist. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash girlboner today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash girlboner. The last question I pulled for Ashley and me to talk about ties into kinks and desires in general. What sexual act are you most surprised that a lot of couples are into? On the flip side, is there something that you thought more couples would be into, but they aren't? Hmm, I honestly don't think any desires surprise me anymore. There are certainly kinks that I didn't realize existed before delving into this work, though, like bodily function fetishes. There's a fart fetish, for example, also known as eproctophilia. That falls into this broader fetish category involving arousal from smells and odors. That's called olfactophilia. I don't know how common those are, but I can basically promise that if you have a sexual desire or fantasy, others have it too. Because these things aren't spoken about openly, it's easy to think you are one of the very few, though. And regardless, acting on any desire that doesn't harm anyone is A-OK. When Ashley heard that question, her thoughts drifted back. So, I have found that pegging is on the rise. There are a lot of couples who are into pegging. You know, they're not openly saying, oh, I'm pegging my husband or I'm pegging my boyfriend. But it's a thing that's happening a lot now. One study from this year showed that about 16% of adults in the U.S. have tried pegging at least once. In case you're not familiar, it often involves one person wearing a strapped-on dildo and entering a partner's behind. Speaking of dildos... One that I thought more people, couples would be into, would be using sex toys. There are a lot of people, a lot of couples who don't incorporate sex toys into their everyday bedroom play. They just like, oh, I don't really need one. Or my husband says, we don't really need that. A lot of men have a lot of egos attached to their penis. And so they feel as though they are supposed to be the only thing that gets you pleasure. And so when you want to do something else, they kind of slightly get offended. I found this to be true even with my gay male friends. They're like, I don't really really need to use a toy. I think it's just a man thing. This is 2022. I figured that we we have come, you know, come around, but there's a lot of couples who still don't use sex toys regularly. Uh, I am so with you on the take on that. It's interesting because it seems like men are so often... They get this idea that it's a replacement for them. And it's not. No, it's an accessory. It's something you add. You know, if people try them and they don't enjoy them, that's fine. But 
it's important to ask ourselves why we are resistant. I think that's a good question because I've even had women say, oh, I don't need all that. Or I tried one toy and didn't do anything for me. So you tried one toy and threw it all away. Like, you know, if we applied that logic to anything else in our life, we probably wouldn't be dating or got married or tried any new foods. Because, you know, there's a lot of things that we tried, didn't like it, but we kept going back, right? I also think that when people say that, I just think they haven't found the right toy for them, typically. Because once you do find the right toy... Life-changing. Do you have a favorite toy yourself? I'm a wand girl, so I like wands. I have wands in various shapes and different sizes. Would you describe what that is? I have one here, and it's such a unique... Like, if you think of a rabbit vibrator, if that's what you think of as a sex toy, it looks completely different. So wands look like handheld microphones. That's the best way to describe it. And they come in different <laughs> sizes. You have, like, mini ones, a microphone-sized ones. You have extra large ones. I have them in all sizes. I have the original one where you plug into a wall. I have one like that. But I like wands because wands are very intense and they get the job done. So if you're someone who likes vibrations, wands are probably your best bet and probably a good thing for you to try. If you're someone like the first person who asked the question, don't really like a lot of intensity, wands is going to be too much. Yeah, yeah. You want to look for one of those whisper quiet or even trying a vibrating toy without the vibrator turned on at first. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like a rabbit vibrator. I do have one that I like that the vibrator is, I don't know what it is about it, but it does feel too intense to me. And so sometimes if you are really warmed up mm-hmm. and ease into the vibration, like I like a lot of vibration when. Like, if I have a headache, I want a lot of vibration. (laughs) I have never tried masturbating during a headache. Never. That's probably common. But I actually did it once because I had this headache. I had received a toy to, like, try. Mm -hmm. And I was like, maybe that'll help. And ever since, I call that my headache vibrator. I never tried it because when I have a headache, I just, like, go sleep and lay down. So from your experience, works It does. Yeah, it works for me. I'm not always in the mood to even do that. You know, Mm -hmm. I have to be, it's like if I have a headache, but otherwise I'm feeling pretty good, then I would be much more likely to grab it. I think it's totally valid to be like, I just feel crappy. I want to rest or whatever. I find that orgasm really relaxes me. So if I'm feeling like tense and headachey, then yeah, it really does help. I do get those endorphins they talk about that bring the pain down somewhat. Yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. I'm going to try that. I'm going to see how it goes. I use toys during sex because, like I said before, it's an addition to, it's an add-on, it's an accessory, right? I think they make sex better. I don't use them all the time. But I use them often because, you know, two, they help you to spice it up. Once you get to, to the routine with someone, you're kind of doing the, you know, the same thing pretty much. You might do something different, but for the most part, it's going to be the same thing. So toys and props help you to add some spice and some differentiation to it. So. So true. And I feel like even sometimes the experiences, maybe you try a toy with someone and it doesn't 
go well or it turns out to be hilarious. I think mm-hmm. that's also fun. <laughs> just it is. Don't you think? Just to try it out and have this adventure. Yeah. Cause I have a I have a stick swing here in my house. Ooh. Um the kind that you it's a detachable kind you kind of take down, put up. And I remember I tried it last year. I got it and I tried it last year with, with one of my partners and just trying to figure out how to get it on the door and sit down so I don't fall. It was a whole thing. So it, it, it was definitely a good time just trying to create the memory. Yes, I love it so much. So you do so many wonderful things. I love your online content that you share, your wonderful writer, you answer folks' questions, mm-hmm. you do a lot of advocacy and work in the HIV space, mm-hmm. you do a lot of really important work. What do you find most fulfilling in your profession? Uh, I love answering questions about sex on Instagram. And I used to have a sex column, and I love doing that because people write in and they're looking for real answers, and I feel like I'm helping someone. I get all types of questions from all types of people. And I feel like by me answering them, I'm helping someone to like save or improve their sex life. So, yeah. Yeah. And it shows that you're passionate about that. And folks learn from questions, even if they don't relate to the scenario. Correct. A lot of people won't ask a question because they feel, "Ah, I don't know, maybe this question is dumb or I don't know. So when they see someone else ask a similar question, they too can get an answer and they realize that one, oh, okay, so it's not just me. There's other people with the same dilemma. So yeah. Yes, it's never just you. I love that. You help people feel less alone. Mm-hmm. That's really big. To learn more from Ashley Cobb, Check out her 30-day sex challenge at sexwithashley.com or click the direct link in the show notes. It's a digital download that gives you a month's worth of kinky activities you can do with a partner to spice up your sex life. And if you are enjoying the show, I would so appreciate it if you would tell your friends about it and post a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, that's the purple iPhone app, or you could Google Girl Boner Radio iTunes and go to the iTunes store and post one there. Thank you so much for listening.